0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guests by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet, and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. This is Marnie Fletberg. We've been having a little technical difficulty. I'm going to just check in with our guest today. Rhonda, are you here?
1: I'm here. Thank you for having
0: Excellent.
1: me. You bet well, actually, for the sake of for the sake of our archive listeners, we are going to start
0: over. We'll clip this little uh, malfunction here off the front end, and we're going to get going from the beginning. If you guys want to be patient with us for just another forty seconds, we'll get the show on the road. Thank you so much. <laughs> Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guests by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlets. And swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now, let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Floodberg. Welcome to you. It's so exciting to have you with us this afternoon, along with our wonderful guest, Rhonda de la Moranere. And we're going to be talking today about the secret to being unstoppable, how to replace guilt and shame with freedom and power. During the next hour, you're going to want to grab some kind of a notepad because you're going to discover God's greatest invitation to know his glory, the two biggest traps that we all struggle with and their spiritual opposites, how to give shame a name and send it packing, how to recognize the guilt tilt and lean in the other way, what to do with shamers and blamers and how not to become one yourself. The number one question you must ask yourself And it redefines everything, as well as what to do to make your history God's history, His story, and how His story through you can change the world. Our guest today is Rhonda DeLaMoraneri, and she's a Bible teacher, coach, and counselor coming from a background of childhood sexual abuse and abortion. She is the author of Becoming Eve, A Woman's Journey Through Psalm 23, and her website is her name, and you can just Go to uh, Marnie's Friends, or blog talk radio, to find the uh, URL there. Welcome to you, Rudd. I'm so excited to welcome you to the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we've been looking forward to this time together for a long time, and I'm so, first of all, I'm excited about what God has done and is doing in your life, but I'm also excited for you to share some of the things that he has taught you with our listeners today because you actually come from a background that would, um, I mean, you totally get guilt and shame. You told you, you've, you've lived it. I I do. And
1: and now (laughs) you
0: are, you know, on the other side, obviously not perfect, still in progress, but, but you're starting right. in a different place now where you can actually extend your hand to our listeners who are still really stuck there or who know somebody in their life who really is stuck still in guilt and shame. And this can be so helpful. So thank you for being here.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's it's funny because when you first start walking with Jesus you think, Oh, I hope he never makes me want to pull that thing out of the closet and deal with it. And, mm-hmm. and usually um, that's exactly what he wants to do. And, um, <laughs> right. and, and it's, it's the, the thing that you thought would be your worst nightmare actually can be turned around and become your greatest blessing. When, um, whenever you walk with Jesus and you began to let him show you and reframe that through his light and it, it becomes, uh, an amazing uh, realization that you would never understand if you did not walk with him through it.
0: Yeah, so true. It reminds me of the phrase, "Everything in the light, so Satan has nothing to use against me in the dark." Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we're going to be talking exactly. about. Exactly. So let's go ahead exactly. and dive right into God's greatest invitation to know His glory. From your perspective, mm-hmm. what is that?
1: The greatest invitation is basically when. When we began to see um, those areas of guilt and shame, a lot of times our first response is to want to hide or to want to hide from people and hide from God. And we see this at the very beginning in the Garden of um, Eden when uh, Adam and Eve, their very first sin, the very first thing they did was go and hide and they actually even hid um, in a, behind a tree, which um and, and they sowed fig leaves from to cover themselves. And we kind of take after our great, 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 great grandparents, and we do the same things. And um, we want to hide from God when uh, really what he's coming for us is kind of the same question he came for them. And he's saying, where are you? And what he means when he's asking that is, where are you? Um, and and a lot of times what he's trying to do is elicit from us, um, wow, I'm stuck right here in this. And he, he doesn't want us to hide from it. He wants us to walk into the light and be brave in those mm-hmm. moments and, and uh, give him ownership of that thing that's keeping our hearts from his. And so it's actually an invitation. So when you begin to experience uh, an area of shame or you wear, you're wearing some guilt, that's actually your invitation to walk into the light with him and say, this is where I am this is what I'm experiencing, and I'm, go- I'm not afraid. I'm going to be brave and strong, and I'm going to walk into the light, and I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to give this to you, God.
0: It really takes a perspective of God that is not uh, the one that many people share. Most, I I find a lot of people feel like God is really a big, angry, monster God
1: instead yes. <laughs> of
0: the very loving, caring um, yeah. Excellent father, God that I have found Him to be and know Him to be. Yeah.
1: Um, it,
0: it, and if you do view Him as the scary, I'm going to beat you up if you do anything wrong type of a God, no wonder we don't come into the light.
1: You'd be you'd be afraid. And I I believe in the church. There's a lot of. Um, misinformation and and unbelief about the reality of who God really is that he the the whole reason he sent Jesus is to take away anything that would hinder us from being able to come to him and uh, I mean I come from a background of I've had three abortions and I was sexually molested from a very early age so I have tons of junk in my trunk if you will and I have, um, it was, I've walked through some of my worst nightmares with him and and all, and coming out on the other side, all it's allowed me to do is love him more, see him as greater Mm -hmm. and love myself more and be able to even love myself. I don't believe I even truly ever loved myself until I allowed Jesus to truly love me. And it's been amazing um, to really have a relationship with him and you can't really have a relationship with someone unless you let them see the truth about you. And sometimes I don't think we let anyone really know us until we really let God know us because he's the only one that truly knows us, the all the junk and everything about us. And and then once we let him see that truth, then He can uh, we, we, we can accept that truth about ourselves and begin to let other people in as well.
0: That is so true. And I love how you phrase that because, you know, it, it sheds it shed light on why, why we have a hard time to love ourselves is because we're only trying to put, you know, we're only trying to put our best foot forward. And so really, in a way, it's kind of a deceptive a deceptive presentation we've got going on there. So even so even in our, our most quiet moments we realize well I I'm, I'm really not being honest with people about who I am and so I'm a deceiver and I'm not really honest my integrity isn't all there. I really hate that about myself. And so no matter how hard we try we keep hitting hitting this bump that is just hard to get past. It's when we are willing to be honest with God that we can begin to love ourselves because he first loved us. We're gonna take a real quick break and come back and talk with Rhonda about the two that's right, I'm sorry. The two biggest traps that we will all struggle with and their spiritual opposites, as well as how to give shame a name and send it packing. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Marty. So happy that you're here with us this afternoon. And we're here with Rhonda Moriner. It's a long last name, but uh, you want to check out her website. Uh, she's one of our speakers over at womenspeakers.com. So, Rhonda, thanks for being here with us. We're going to talk next about the two biggest traps that we all struggle with and their spiritual opposites. So what is trap number one?
1: Trap number one is has to do with the guilt that, uh, especially we as moms, can wear, which is I have not done enough. Mm-hmm. And the um, we, I mean, I I think we all can struggle with that from time to time. And um, Jesus really um, gave us the solution to that, and it was his last words at the cross when he says, "It is finished." And the in truth, if we look in our flesh, none of us have done enough and we never will but the good news is that he finished it all and that he literally ran the race ahead of us and completed the finish line and we get to walk out of his victory uh, and spend our whole lives getting to discover what that is and um, we get to live from his victory and he get we get to walk with him and let him lead us through what that victory looks like and so we can't sit on the sidelines and get worried about I haven't done enough. Um, when we get our eyes off of him, it's easy to look at our flesh and, and think that, oh, I'm messing up or I'm falling behind. But when we when we find ourselves in that guilt trap, we just got to dust ourselves off, set our eyes back on Jesus, and keep going. And that is exactly mm-hmm. how we're going to finish our race.
0: That enough piece is huge. When I started doing, and I've been doing this for a while now, Dr. Caroline Leaf, if you guys don't know about her, you need to look her up online. Uh, leaf That's has told awesome. us really isn't she amazing? L-E-A-F. She's, Jesus is amazing through her. She's just uh, mm-hmm. done so much uh, brain study, and uh, she just can help so much. So I do her 21-day uh, brain detoxes, and when I started out, I wanted to go directly for, you know, the things in my life that were bothering me the most. But, what I found the Holy Spirit prompting me to was to deal first with the the factor that there, i I believed that there wasn't enough, and as I went through that first twenty one day brain detox, I realized that I believed that I was not enough, that there was not mm-hmm. enough that I couldn't ever have enough, and that I would never be enough and I had to come yeah, I had to come, to the, point,
1: uh,
0: yeah, I had to, come to the the point other where I, Ah, where I had to come to the point where I realized that. God is enough. He is more than enough. Yes. And he always gives me enough. So in Christ, it's the back of that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In Christ, Christ me. there's enough. In fact, today, you guys do this with me. Take your right hand and make a fist and punch mm-hmm. and say enough. And then your left hand, make a fist, punch and say Enough. And then both hands wide open in a praise move and say more than enough. So enough, enough, Mm -hmm. more than enough. And that's my active reach for today. So still months later, I'm still dealing with getting this deep down inside of me that there is always enough. Mm -hmm. And it's true that uh, we experience the guilt of not being or doing enough as long as we believe that it's true. But from God's perspective, Right now in this moment, we are and we have enough. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So what's trap number two?
1: The, it is, um, I am not enough, just like what you were saying. Uh, okay. And um, like you, I, I struggled with that as well. And um, and I actually found myself um, when I began to, uh, when I became a Christian and I began to uh, um, he called me into ministry and I began to work with women, um, as a teacher, I found myself serving, 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 serving. And, uh, I just, and I didn't realize that I was, um, why I was pouring, pouring myself out so much. And, and a few years ago, I actually had a stroke and I, I, everything came to a screeching halt and all I could do literally was I was in the hospital so much. It was just Jesus and I, and, i mm. I was so angry, and I didn't understand why this was happening, and I didn't realize that he was actually giving me the gift of showing me that he enjoyed me, even if all I could do was lay there in a <laughs> hospital bed and just be with yeah. him, just be with him huh. and just enjoy yeah, yeah. him and him enjoy me, and that I was enough if I, that's all I could do was just lay there and breathe and let him adore me and it was mm. just, it's so it makes me emotional like <laughs> it's amazing to re- think that that we are enough for him and he is so in love with us and, um, yeah. and all he really wants to do is love us. Like, like you mentioned before in first John, um, we love because he first loved us and some of us just need to sit back and let him love on us a little bit and, 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 and realize, and um, that's where our enough comes from is when we just let him uh, adore us and, and saturate us and who he is. And then we can get up and, and be be so much more than we could ever have been before.
0: I like where the psalmist, I think it's in 131, says, um, I calm and quiet my heart like a small Mm -hmm. child with its mother is my heart Mm -hmm. within me. uh, Trust in the Lord. And what happens is then when we are prideful, and we usually don't see it as pride or call it pride, but when we are prideful, what happens is that's a really lot of pressure on us to solve the problems of everybody in the world and our own and everything else. And when we become humble and quiet at the feet of Jesus, it is an amazing place of rest and acceptance. Mm -hmm. And we realize that just like a mother with a little baby is really not feeding the baby, nursing the baby, changing the baby, um, caring for the baby because of all that the baby's giving her back. She's doing it because of her intense love for the baby. (laughs) <laughs> and that's how God is exactly. all the time We are his little teeny babies We are his children And it's true that as we mature in Christ He expects more faith out of us But he still is just looking for relationships That's really what he's bent on I just love this, Rhonda You're just so clear about helping us to see this And you actually want us mm-hmm. to learn how to give shame a name oh, oh, How do mm-hmm. we do that? <laughs>
1: Shame is, it can be elusive. Um, I know when, when I first started walking with the Lord, I, I really, if you would have asked me if my abortions bothered me, I would have said, no, Jesus has forgiven me. That has not, that doesn't bother me. My um, sexual abuse, I, ha- I had been a counselor. So I went through some counseling for that and I, and I would have thought, I, you know, that was done and over with, but I didn't realize there were parts of my spirit that were still hindered by both of those things. And and only later on through my walk with him was he going to reveal those at the proper time when I was ready for that. Um, So shame can be elusive, so we can't always put our finger on where it is. But the beautiful thing about the Lord is when he comes into our lives, We began to go on a journey with him, just like a sheep with a shepherd, shepherd, and he begins to um, reveal to us, almost like stops along the way, and we will discover areas where maybe of hidden shame that we may not have even known about, something, it may not be as traumatic as my stuff was, but um, things in our lives that may come back and uh, haunt us. And like David said, search me and know uh, know me and find if there's any grievous way in me and lead me into the way of everlasting. And God does that through our whole journey with him. And so um, the way that we kind of um, give it a name is um, there's a prayer that I prayed over and I still pray it uh, every day is show me the truth about myself, Lord, and show me the truth about you and help your truth overcome my truth. And Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes he, and he does, We have to first trust that he is going to show us the truth about that area of shame in our lives. And when he does show us, we have to give it to him because our lives and who we are belongs to him. And so everything that he shows us, we have to then turn over to him. And then when we turn it over to him, he begins to transform it into something that is no longer going to bring us shame because shame has no place in us anymore now that we belong to Jesus. Hmm. So when you say give
0: shame a name, do you actually literally name it?
1: I, it's good to name it, um, to give it a name. Uh, like, for instance, whenever about the abortions, I could not say the name abortion. Um, for me, I ha- and, and it, it, that word had power over me. So for me, mm-hmm. that, I had to be able to call it out. Um, Jesus says that the truth will set you free. So some of us do need to acknowledge some truth in our past um, that we, we may say, we may put the band-aid of forgiveness over it. God's forgiven me for that, that we call it that, but we won't actually name it. But no, he wants you to acknowledge that if it's something that's really hindering you or something that you can't even, if you can't even say what it is you did, chances yeah. are it's an area of shame that you have, you need to acknowledge before him. <laughs> and so, um, for me, I, I, my shame, I guess, was so deep and hidden with my abortions that I didn't even remember I, one of the abortions. I had totally um, buried it, and he brought that up to my memory so that I could remember it. And I definitely mm-hmm. had to lay that at his feet because until we acknowledge it with him, we cannot lay it at the cross. So we have to really be willing to acknowledge our sin and lay it so that we can, we can lay it at the cross. And only then is he able to transform it and take it and make it part of uh, his story and uh, part of part of uh, the part of the relationship and the intimacy between us as we begin to know that he we, he can be entrusted with even the deepest parts of our hearts. So it, it, mm-hmm. it's a, it's an act of trust to him when we when we lay those things before him and we're willing to name them. So I just, I do believe it's important to name them.
0: So what did you do? You were, you were in the early stages of your healing. Um, you couldn't say the word abortion because it was too, too um, hard. So how did, yeah. you actually, how did it come about that you actually were able to move from that point of not being able to say it to being able to now just speak freely <laughs> about it? You know, what I mean, that's yeah. a huge transformation.
1: It was a huge, and it could not have happened without him, but it's funny the way God works. Um, I had, I was teaching Bible study with um, one of my dear friends, and she was pregnant, and um, I, for some reason, I became very attached to this baby that was in her womb, and um, and his name was Benjamin, and anyway, she ended up losing that pregnancy, and about five months in, and I was devastated i was so upset so that was the beginning of what god was getting ready to do and it was around that time that there was a song that came out that was called beautiful things and it was part of the lyrics is he makes beautiful things out of dust he makes beautiful things out of us and one day in worship uh at church he, he was just asking Permission, like, do you think I can make something beautiful out of your of your babies? And I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, I don't think you can, <laughs> but uh, if you want to, um, this was not. This was just after my friend had lost her baby, and my heart was still kind mm-hmm. of shaken by that. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's asking permission for this, and I can't help but say yes. And and then from that moment on, everything just began to happen. Um, I was asked to go to a a, a dinner, which I didn't know was a, a pregnancy dinner, and there was a speaker there, and then, um, <laughs> and then, from then, then I went to abortion recovery after that, and it, so it's just, and then, and then, since then, I've been leading abortion recovery groups, and it's been a beautiful experience, so. That's just
0: so, that's just so awesome and amazing, and it. It's, it's really, God, It is God. that's right, that's right, it is too big, it is too big to just be a coincidence, I love how when yeah. you taught, taught us here to give shame a name, you said, and then send it packing, and yeah, you know, there's just a sense of that, where it's like, I, I sometimes say it like this, uh, when I'm in the process, I say, I don't want to live here anymore, and after I'm uh-huh. healed, I say I don't live there anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, because you know, we don't. And, right. And you can send it packing or you can move, whatever you want to do. Uh the goal and the point is that you don't have to stay there for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be in
1: that place of of no. shame no, and sadness for the rest of your life. Right. And we shouldn't be because he he wants us out of it more than we want out of it sometimes. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: And so um, he died. He came here to earth to get us out of those places. And I just, he doesn't want us living in those tombs anymore. And if that's not, he he came to give us life and life abundantly. And we can't get it if we're staying in these tombs of shame that we've, mm-hmm. some of us have been made, made into a, a huge mansion out of. <laughs> Right? Right. I always say he takes
0: our manure and he makes beautiful flower gardens out of it as long as we'll commit it and trust him with it. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about um, how to recognize the guilt tilt and lean the other way as well as what to do with shamers and blamers and how not to become one. We'll be right back. Find your next speaker at WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring nearly 1,000 Christian women speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range, some near you. It's all available to you 24 hours a day, so you can start your most enjoyable speaker search anytime you have time. Search by location, name, topic, or fee range. Connect directly with the speakers you like using their social media links or the online connection box. It's really that easy. WomenSpeakers.com has been the number one online connection place since 2002. Speaker profiles include a bio, professional headshot photo, a list of topics with descriptions, some references from people who've heard them speak, and so much more. It's all fast and free to search anytime you have time, day or night. Check it out right now, womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marty, and you've joined us today for How to Be Unstoppable, How to Replace Guilt and Shame with Freedom and Power, and our special guest, Rhonda DeLaMoraner of womenspeakers.com. You still Rhonda, R H o-n-d-a and you'll find her right away if you go to womenspeakers.com or her own website via blogtalkradio.com ronda let's go ahead and talk now about the guilt tilt and how it can kind of sometimes sneak up on us so go ahead and tell us about that
1: yes the guilt tilt um, is when it, it i know for it, for me as a mom this sneaks up on me all the time um and what I have to remember is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 is my guilt tilt verse. And it's, um, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So the what we have to do when we feel that tilt towards guilt is to lean back towards God because what's usually happening is um, what we want, our first instinct is to try to act and to try to do the thing that makes us feel not guilty or to start trying to compensate it in our flesh. Um, But what God is telling us to do is, hey, don't worry about compensating. Just lean back here on me, lean on me, lean back towards me, and I'm going to give you the strength to overcome. Get your eyes set back on me, get back in alignment with me. Um, I'm going to help you get back on track and um, he wants us to acknowledge him because he's the only one that knows how to get back back uh, on that path that is straight and where we're not going to have to feel guilty anymore and so when we're late, when we're starting to feel guilty it's usually an indicator that we're beginning to lean on our own understanding again and um and that's not right. where we want to be yeah i think i think that that's
0: exactly right when we start to have some kind of a a sense that it's too hard um that's where mm-hmm. that's where i I sometimes can't get like this is life is just too hard, this is just too hard, and I recognize mm-hmm. that either either I'm expecting too much for myself or I'm trying to take over being God, or there's something you know there's yeah. something there that's misaligned, and, and you know it's like it's like Peter walking on the water, and as long as his eyes were on Jesus. And he knew that the reason he was walking on water was because of Jesus. He was fine, but as soon as he got his eyes off Jesus, it became too hard, and he started to drown right away. That's how life is. That's how it's supposed to be. (laughs) It's not just that. it's really how
1: God intended. Yeah, and a lot of us, if we're like, uh, if we're like Peter, or in our, um, and if we could use that same example, we would start feeling guilty that we were drowning. And, um, and instead of looking back at him and reaching up to him and getting back up. <laughs> so.
0: well, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, right before break,
0: <laughs> right before break, we were talking about how Jesus died on the cross for our freedom. And I, I knew that at that moment, some of you listeners were experiencing guilt because you hadn't come all the way into freedom yet. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Yeah, um, yeah of course. Yeah. But you know, when Jesus died on the cross, You weren't even born yet. We weren't even born yet. We had never even sinned. We hadn't ever even gotten to any bondages yet. We hadn't even ever done anything wrong. And he forgave us way back then. And the moment we did it wrong, we were still forgiven. And now during the process of healing, we're still forgiven. So it's a process. And we have to just rest in the reality that, yeah, he died on the cross to free us, but that doesn't mean we were freed from the moment he died on the cross because we weren't even born then.
1: <laughs> we're, right. freed. Exactly. we're freed
0: Exactly. in a process type thing that forces us into, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, right, a funnel forcing the liquid down closer and closer and closer into that tight space that it has to go through at the end. It's that because I was doing with the circumstances of our life, with our wounds and our failures and our bondages, He's drawing us into this closer, closer, warm, tight, dependent relationship on Him, and it's all mm-hmm. for good. From His perspective, it's all good, which is crazy because from our perspective, it feels so
1: bad. It's 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 terrifying because our flesh does not want to die, and it does not eat, die easily. <laughs> Right, and we
0: also we also have a tendency to believe that we've now done so much wrong. I mean, you know, I lived here, Rhonda. I can't even tell you how many years. I'm I'm into my mid thirties for sure. I really lived all the time thinking that pretty soon I would, you know, like run out of grace. Like I would do yeah. something so, you know, one more thing. or Mm five more things and the grace was going to expire for me. And I was going to be shamed for the rest of my life, you know? And, and I remember I had a real good girlfriend named Nancy and I would say things to her like, I can't believe God still uses me after I did blank, whatever. And she would (laughs) say, she would say, you know, you don't deserve it. You never did. And it would irritate me. Every time she said it, I would be so irritated. Like why do you keep saying that to me? But then finally, Mm -hmm. finally, finally, grace got to my heart, and I realized, right, it was never, ever about my performance, ever,
1: (laughs) good or bad. Right, never. Never. It was all about the it is finished and his performance. And he really just wants the freedom of having a relationship with us.
0: He does. He wants to just Mm -hmm. live through our lives and just to Mm -hmm. have us in this place of peace with him. Or we can just mm-hmm. get out of the way and let him use us, which is exactly such, oh such joy because whenever he's using us, he's not only flowing stuff through us to other people who need it, he's flowing it to us first, which is which is this great joy and delight of walking with Jesus. Exactly. Let's talk for a few minutes about shamers and blamers because mm-hmm. um, I'm afraid that this is an actually legitimate reason why um we are not more forthcoming in church oh, than yes, we definitely. Think about our past uh because actually even in the church uh we've got oh, a lot yeah. of people
1: <laughs> who are They not were I was scared of the shamer's and blamer's for a long time
0: <laughs> Yeah yeah and so, and i I did
1: not grow up in church, and so I was terrified of them until I came in to discover that some people are not shamers and blamers in the church <laughs>
0: right right, right. But, and I think I think the one thing I want to say before we go into more detail about shamers and blamers is for those of you mm-hmm. listening who have very raw gaping wounds in your life where you have realized that something you have done was a sin and was hurtful to God and did. Maybe not even only cause you pain, but cause other people pain, or could. And you're right now feeling really scared to talk to anybody about Mm -hmm. this. I just want to tell you that it's probably not wise for you to stand up in a church setting and confess that. What would be better would be for you to find a trusted soul, (laughs) find someone Mm -hmm. you can trust, and confess it first privately with someone you can trust, someone who when you look at their life, when you look at her life, you see Jesus. That's what you see. And you feel, you, know, you see faith. You see faith, yeah. right, and love, yeah. actually the love of Christ, which never yeah. gives up on anybody. So, okay, mm-hmm. let's talk about, first of all, uh, shamers and blamers. So what was the first thing you wanted to tell us?
1: The first thing is that kind of with follow along with what you said, the worst shamer and blamer that we have is ourselves. Um, that we will tend to take something that someone said and magnify it and multiply it um, to where um, maybe even if we misconstrue something someone said, we could um, make it so big that it could be almost insurmountable. Um, That's how I viewed um, Christians. Really. It kept me out of the church until I was 30. I was so scared of Christians because I was so scared of condemnation And so, um, but the shamers and blamers, the way, what we do and how we handle them is we really don't because they're not really our responsibility. Um, And this is so hard because we want to, we want to respond and we even want to have a right to feel something. But what we do is, um, and I have to literally do this sometimes. I have to literally picture the lap of Jesus and me uh, putting that person on his lap and saying, I entrust this person and what they said and what they did into you, Lord, because I can't handle this. And it's really, it's the hardest thing and the most beautiful thing about walking Mm. with Jesus is our lives really do belong to him. He is Lord over them. And so everything pertaining to us belongs to him. And so with the shamers and the blamers, we just entrust them to him and everything that they say to him. And so one way that, you know, you can do that is to, to, literally place them in his lap. And then another way, um, there's a scripture that I I I think I had this scripture taped to my forehead for the first few years I was walking with him. And it's <laughs> Romans eight one that says, There is therefore now no mm-hmm. condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um and basically I filter I filter my thoughts through that scripture. And I ask myself, mm-hmm. is this a, if this if what they said is there? First of all, is there any truth to it? Because sometimes, um, I know if it's a shame or a blame, um, sometimes we, um, if if there's not any truth to it, if it's just something to condemn us, then we we're able to just um, place that into the lap of Jesus and let Him deal with it. Um, sometimes if it's someone that's in a close relationship with us and and they're continually um, doing this, then we have to maybe um, ask ourselves, what is this pattern here? What, what is happening? And um, sometimes God will even allow people into our lives to um, elicit things in us so that we can bring those things to him, just like we talked about in the very beginning how he, will, he wants us to bring things to him so that he can take them. And so I noticed early on in my walk that he would allow certain types of people to come back up into my life that, and I would, I would, I would, I couldn't understand, like, why are these types of people? Why who is, why am I, why do I keep meeting these types of people? And then I realized there he was trying to break patterns. And so he was trying to mm-hmm. almost like, tuck me, can you get up and start walking in what I've been trying to teach you? And so sometimes he he's trying to do that in our lives and we have to allow him to, um, uh, to uh, be God over, over those situations. And so um, another thing is that two, two other things that I, I do is um, I replace examination with expectation. And so whenever I, there's a thing that I do, and I'm, I don't know if other women do this, but I tend to overthink things. Like if someone said something, I'll think, I'll start to examine it and pick it apart and try and think, why would they say that? Or why would they, you know, where is this coming from? And instead of just um, turning it over to God and say, God, I know you're going to find you're doing something good here, and I'm just going to look for the good that you're doing here in the midst of this and turning it over to him and um, becoming childlike about it almost. And because we are, we get to stay children in his kingdom, and we get to have a, a beautiful expectancy about the good things that God's doing in the midst of our lives. And um, anyway, it's, it's so easy to be, when we feel attacked or we feel like we're being blamed or shamed about something, it's so easy to want to get into the driver's seat and start trying to take control. And so sometimes God's like testing us with that and saying, are you going to let me be in control or, <laughs> and be God of this? Or are you going to step back into this less and deal with this? And so we have to kind of guard our hearts from that propensity And so the last part, yeah. Go ahead. Um, And I, the other little thing that I do is I have like this little acronym, um, Ark, the A R K, which was with the they used to carry the old covenant in, Um, and I have I have it in two ways: Um, arrogant, rebellious knowledge, um, which is what you don't want, and then absolute righteous knowledge. And so, and I always try to picture like. Okay, I, I need to keep my mind in the in the right arc, in the in the absolute righteous knowledge of God, not in the, my arrogant, rebellious knowledge. Which is, when I when I put myself in that driver's seat and I start to examine things from my point of view instead of God's, then I know that I'm in the wrong arc. If that makes any sense.
0: Oh man, that's terrific! Yeah, I love it, love it. And there's always these two sides to everything. There are two sides. As long as we're on Earth, there will always exactly. be two sides. So I think that. Um, one of the things that, and then we're going to go into just real quickly here how to not become a shamer and blamer. But before we do, there's a there's a principle that it takes one to know one.
1: Exactly. <laughs> if, you're, if
0: you're experiencing a ton of shame and blame that you're not being able to overcome, it's probably because you are uh, you are actually engaging in a lot of shame and blame either onto your own self or that plus onto others. So how do we right. not become one or how do we stop becoming a shame or blamer?
1: Stop becoming one by dealing with our shame. Um, and I've noticed, like you said, that we we are one because we became one. And I was, whenever I was in that place where I was, I was terrified of people, I had become so, um, enmeshed in my shame that i i would i did not i tried not to make eye contact with people. it was horrible mm-hmm. and um okay. and and I was just very insecure and so I would not um, talk to people and when I did it was it was almost like um before I was walking with Jesus my conversations and I see this happening in the world today they almost conversations revolve around shaming and blaming of people when you get into certain topics and that 's it's it's almost like you don't have anything to talk about in the world if it's not about those things. But when you walk with Jesus it's such a different life. It's such a life that mm-hmm. involves freedom. So how you how you be how you keep yourself from becoming one is basically to deal with your, your own stuff. And when you deal with it, you can walk in compassion. And compassion is um if you see someone that um, may even someone that is shaming or blaming you, it's, a, it's amazing when your heart is free how you're able to have the freedom to respond to that in a whole different light than maybe you would have before you had the freedom to respond to that where you're.
0: Absolutely. And you know, it's just so crazy that we have this privilege of walking with Jesus and of letting him heal us out of those things that maybe we didn't even know we were stuck in before. Well, this is Marty Swenberg. We're visiting today with Rhonda Delamorinaire. That's a great last name, but it is a little hard to say. Uh, about uh, stopping, uh, stopping blame and shame and becoming unstoppable ourselves. We're going to take a short break and come back and talk about the number one question you must ask yourself and why it redefines everything, and then what to do to make your story his story. We'll be right back. Minutes with Marnie is my per-minute coaching service. Whenever you feel stuck, have an idea you want to run by me, need to pick my brain, or would like me to edit your one-page or media pitch, just schedule a 15- to 60-minute session using the Easy Calendar tool at Marnie.com. I'm so grateful that you're here with us today, and I hope to connect with you one-on-one soon. Visit Marnie.com, that's M-A-R-N-I-E.com, to schedule your coaching session right now. Welcome back. You're joining us for The Secret to Being Unstoppable with our guest, Rhonda Uh Rhonda, let's go ahead and dive in right now to the number one question you must ask yourself
1: and why it will redefine everything. What's the question? The question is, whose are you? Because if you belong to God, then everything about your life falls in alignment with, with his authority over your life. But if you belong to yourself, then you get to be the boss of, of your life. And, um, and this comes from Isaiah 43, 1, where it says, um, But now this is what the Lord says: He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. So if we are his. We get to be redeemed. We get to not fear. We get to know that we are completely his and that everything he said about us is true. But if we belong to ourselves, then we are stuck with the consequences of belonging to ourselves. And so I know for me, um, I want to belong to him. And so, so many things become clear when I ask myself that question.
0: Yeah, and then I
1: I was thinking about um,
0: about that because when we when we know that we belong to Christ, then that that just shifts everything. That just shifts, right, it exactly. shifts the whole foundation. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: There's also First um, Corinthians six twenty and um, says, "For you have been bought with a price; therefore, glorify God in your body." And so. It, so many things become simple when you, when you realize my purpose, my purpose is really just to glorify God in my body. And it can sometimes think about overwhelming. Uh, it's like, Oh gosh, how do I do that? But really he's the one that even knows how to do that. Um, like right. Psalm 23, um, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, like he's even, he's the one who is in com- complete control. And I believe it was Adrian Rogers who said, If he is on the throne, I am on the cross. If we're on the cross, we're completely powerless. Like, we can do nothing. So, But if I am on the throne, he is on the cross. So who do you want on the throne? You want yourself on the throne who is powerless and can do nothing and doesn't really know a whole lot? Or do you want Christ on the throne of your life and of your heart who is all-knowing, all-powerful, and um, omniscient? And that's who I want to keep to stay on the throne of my life.
0: Beautiful. When I do um, when I do programs, a lot of times I have people draw a wheel, like a a tire wheel or spoke of a bicycle like that, divided into Mm -hmm. eight sections, and we label around outside the different sections of our lives, you know, like family and work and money and health and all that, Mm -hmm. and then in the middle, I have them write down their God, I even do this in secular settings, I have, write down who's the God of your life, because that's the center, that's the core, and everybody has one, so for some of us in the room, maybe it's God, for somebody, maybe it's Buddha, for somebody, maybe it's money, for somebody, maybe it's yourself, whatever your God is, write it in the middle, and you know, it's kind of interesting because i think that until we have to look at it that way and say you know what does a person who doesn't have god in their life put in the middle now am i doing that because uh, you know sometimes we are sometimes we are god yeah in the center but god's not really in the center so what is it that we do to make mm-hmm. our histories into his history
1: we, we can always remember, like Isaiah 43 said, that he um, where he said, um, you are mine. And he says, um, and, and in that scripture, he, he said that he has redeemed us. And so um, he knows our past, and he is the only one who knows how to use our past to bring glory to it. Um, and that is really, really hard, especially um, like my past where I've had three abortions is, I never in a million years thought God could ever bring glory out of that. Um, but he can. Um, he can take what is most ugly and um, just completely desolate, uh, uh, um, des- desolate in your life and use it for his glory. Um, and because his idea of beauty is different from ours, um, his, he really just wants us and any part of our hearts that we have access to we're willing to give him access to and let him into becomes his story and when we release it to him it becomes it automatically becomes beautiful because everything bathed in the light of jesus becomes beautiful and um i will never forget when this started with me and um And before he dealt with my abortions, he had me, um, I went through a few years where I had to go through trauma resolution to deal with my uh, sexual abuse as a child. And um, there was, I remember having, when I started walking with Jesus, I began to have kind of some flashbacks of that abuse and when it happened. And um, I would see this little girl in, uh, in a dirty bathroom and uh, trying to crawl into the laundry hamper. And that's where my abuse mm-hmm. happened in that bathroom. And, um, and he would say, do you, do, will you let me love this little girl? And, and I, I, had to, I hadn't realized that I didn't even feel connected to that little girl. I had totally forgotten what that was. And that whole part of my life I had shoved down so much. And that he had never forgotten her. That's how much he loves us. There's parts, of, some parts of our hearts that, that are in so much pushed down that he wants to get. He thinks are beautiful. He's still adoring this little girl that I had shoved down and hidden, and that's that's what he wants to do in our lives. And that is part of our history. But it won't be part of our history until we release it and let it go to him and let it literally let it become part of his story. And so, um, anyway, there's just, there's, there's no irredeemable part of us that when we, let, when we let go and let Jesus have it, it becomes, it can't help but become beautiful. Mm, and, and, so and, and Jesus, we get to stop living to protect ourselves. And when we let our whole lives go to him, we will, and, we get, and people get to see what freedom, real freedom looks like.
0: Hmm. A couple times during this program and just a moment ago, you did it again. Um, you've talked about how God spoke to you, and each time each time he came with such gentleness, he, he did not um, shove a mirror in your face and say, look at what you did, you know, look at what you did. Mm-hmm. He, was, he right. was
1: never a shamer or blamer. No, he never was, and he never will be no who oh, is he always to you, Rhonda? He is my best friend, and he is the one that i am I feel safest in the world with, no matter what
0: yeah. and
1: um, and I, I am he's the one that i he's my he's my beloved I don't know how to he's so many things to me that I can't I can hardly describe, but he is probably the best word I can use to describe him is just the thrill of my life. I just yeah. never knew life could be so much fun and thrilling with him. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought my life, I thought, I always thought a life with Jesus would look boring, but I was, I was really, really mistaken. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's the safe, it's the safe place where, we, we completely mm-hmm. are aware that God knows us best, but loves us mm-hmm. most, you know? It's exactly. like there's nothing he doesn't already know. So it's the completely safest mm-hmm. place. And, and there are still people in our world. And, and actually, you know, I, I always say there's nobody in my life that can handle all my junk. Actually, even my best and exactly. closest friends, um, they were mm-hmm. not built to handle all my junk. But Jesus, now Jesus mm-hmm. is fully aware of it. And because he's already died on the cross and risen again, um, there is no shame or guilt to bring those things to him. It's just called conviction and repentance that when, you know, and it's so different. I don't know for me, Rhonda, the difference between guilt and shame and conviction is so, so different. Like for me, when mm-hmm. guilt and shame is there, I feel this heavy burden, this weight, this this longing to hide to run, to escape. Right. Whereas when it is, when it is the Holy Spirit's conviction coming on me, mm-hmm. I feel this awareness that I'm making my father sad. And it's just, yeah. it's just this moment of going, well, I don't want to do that anymore.
1: I mean, it's just such right. a different
0: place. Is that yeah, kind of how it, it is, is for a
1: you? Yeah. Yeah. That's how it is for me. And the other thing about the um, conviction, I, when I feel that, there's also, um, there's almost a hope in it, like, um, yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. like, a,
1: a almost like, okay, I'm almost, I mean, I don't want to say excited, but I'm, I love oh. when he shows me a truth about myself, that I, I get to get, I used to be a, scared of the things that were true about me, that I had to show him, but now I'm not, <laughs> I'm not afraid of him right. anymore, so i I run to him and when he, when he right. shows me something like, Ooh, you know, that thing that you did or that thing that you said, where was your heart in that? And I'm like, Oh, wow. You know, I'm sorry, Lord. And, and it's like he bring he's a, he's bringing you up even while he's putting you, he's not putting us down, but he's showing us the hard us truth say, about right. ourselves, but he's pulling us up in the midst of right. it. And right. it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I guess the thing about God that I, I wish people knew is that, he, he is he's so, he can get into the tiniest, tiniest parts, and he already is there. He knows all the little intricate parts of our inside details that no one with skin on is ever, ever, ever going to understand or know. And there's nothing that we have to fear with him, nothing. Mm. And, and he also knows the big things, that, that the, things that, the big dreams that we're scared to even tell anyone about because we're thinking they're going to think, you know, we're, we could never do that or we can never accomplish that. He knows them and he's our biggest cheerleader. And he's like, go for it. I'm right behind you. So he's, he's so, he's so amazing and awesome. I just, I wish my heart is that every, that for every woman or whoever is out there that, that they would not let shame or blame or guilt or anything hinder them from just coming to him and, That's that's probably the biggest dream I have.
0: (laughs) Well, that's awesome, and that's a great way to conclude this program, too. I just want to encourage you that if you're listening and you're in progress, you know that you have a major issue in your life, and you're working on it, and you're working with Jesus on it, but you're not healed, and you already know that. And I've got that in my life right now. I'll just tell you quite honestly. There are these places in my life, and they are places where the enemy and when other people like to come in and shame and blame but just always remember that there's a big difference between Jesus' conviction and grace and shame and blame. It's not the same thing. And so when you feel condemned, when you feel like there's no hope for you, like you have blown it beyond uh, any chance of being uh, restored, that is not coming from God ever, ever. That's only no. ever coming from the enemy or someone who does not fully comprehend grace and, and actually the shamers and blamers this is where we this is where we live when we are not fully experiencing God's grace that's all that's missing exactly because once we experience God's grace we we leave that shaming and blaming behind because we know that we are a product of grace <laughs> so we never right, exactly
1: that other people <laughs> exactly oh this yeah. hour
0: has flown by what a delight you are my dear how fun to have you here
1: <laughs> thank you so much
0: and I just want to encourage you guys to check out Rhonda's stuff over at her website, which is Rhonda DeLaMoraner, and that's dot com, Or go to com and type in her first name, Rhonda R-O-N-D-A, and you'll find her right away have just enjoyed this hour so much always enjoy sharing this program with you guys who come live thank you so much for being here for those of you who listen in the archives thank you for that and for those of you who host us around the nat and the syndicate stations thank you for that can't have a show without listeners and partners and always so grateful to be able to share life with you we'll see you next time have a wonderful day bye-bye